The Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. We who have the Spirit of God should not be surprised when church people reject that which we say from the Spirit of God. For unless they have the Spirit of God, they can't understand us. They will just stare at us when we tell them something God has shown us. They are just waiting until we get quiet so they can speak again about secular things because they aren't of God. They have just gone forth at church and been baptized in water and have joined the church of their own will without having the Spirit. For the ones who have the Spirit of God are excited to hear the things God has shown us. They are not excited. They do not rejoice in the things God has shown us because they do not have the Spirit. They put themselves into the church without having the Spirit of God. Verse 14, once again, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. They will always get it off with a legalistic mind, trying to follow the letter of the law, or being envious because you heard from God and they didn't. That's how Jesus, uh, the main thing that happened to Jesus. Pharisees were very envious of him because the people knew he was of God. So many people knew he was of God because of the things he said, because of the miracles he performed. They knew he was of God, but the Pharisees were jealous of him. It was of envy that they turned him over to be killed. Well, today it's exactly the same thing. There are church people, churchgoers, who are envious of those who have the Spirit of God and share things of God. So we really shouldn't be surprised when that happens to us. So when they blankly stare at us when we've told them a revelation God has shown us. When they do that, you can just walk away and know they don't have the Spirit of God. John chapter 9 is the story of a blind man and Jesus put clay on his eyes and when he washed the clay off, he could see. Verse 16, Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man, Jesus, is not of God. Because he keepeth not the Sabbath. Jesus had healed him on the Sabbath. They missed the miracle entirely. Because all they were looking for was the letter of the law to accuse Jesus. To be able to blame him. 
John said to the people who had the Spirit of God, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John 4, 4. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Concerning the Holy Spirit who lives in us. John fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, says Jesus, he shall teach you all things. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't see the things of God. Before we were born again, we could not see the truth of the Scriptures. After we are born again, it's completely different. We now have the Holy Spirit to teach us. We look at a scripture and he teaches us these spiritual things about the scripture. We're not seeing it by natural mind any longer. We are now seeing it through the eyes of the Spirit of God. But the comforter, and he's a great comforter, he brings things to our mind to comfort us. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now look at John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He's the spirit of truth. The devil will bring thoughts to our mind, which are lies, because his purpose is to kill us and destroy us to steal from us. Jesus comes that we would have life and have it more abundantly through the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God that is in us guides us into all truth. For he does not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that he speaks to us, so that we can know truth and know those things that God has planned for us. The Apostle Paul spoke of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Paul did not try to be wise. He didn't try to think of clever things to say to us. He came declaring 
the testimony of God by the Spirit of God who reminded him of concepts of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ, the Word of God, and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. My favorite aunt died. I went to the home of her daughter at one point, and actually this was when her brother died that I went to their home. Her husband, who was sort of a leader in the Church of Christ group, was sitting at the dining room table with his eldest son, who wanted to be a preacher. They were poring over books because Rishi, the eldest son, was going to do the funeral for uh, uh, Gene's uh, brother. So he was just poring over all these books, planning the funeral, and Charles was helping him. Charles was a medical doctor. His father was a medical doctor. And he was helping Rishi. And they were getting all of these things out of this book, these books to, for Rishi to preach at J.L.'s funeral. I went to the funeral, and I just sat there groaning as the, Rishi would say something. I would just go, oh, oh, because it was not the Spirit of God speaking to us. Rishi had planned it with his own mind. And that's what many people do when they're speaking. They plan out clever things to entice you and to charm you. But the Spirit of God, when it's of God, there is a power of God in the Word that is brought from the Spirit of God. And that's what Paul's talking about. He didn't sit down and plan out things to speak to the church. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect. It's only the church that will listen to us. The people sitting in the congregation who do not have the Spirit of God, they won't understand what we're saying. It's only the ones who've already been perfected by God, by His Spirit, that understand us. So Paul says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Paul goes on and says, But as it is written, 
eye hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual with spiritual. We cannot expect a church-going person to understand us when they don't have the Spirit of God in them. My Church of Christ cousin was bewildered by me. I was going on a buying trip to Albuquerque to pick up merchandise for my business back when I owned a small business. Jean met me at the plane, and just as the plane landed, the Holy Spirit said to me, Be baptized. So when I saw Jean, I said, Jean, if you can set it up this afternoon at church... Before I return to Dallas, I will be baptized. Jean said, but you've already been baptized. And I said, yes, but I wasn't born again. And now I'm born again, and I I have heard from God to be baptized. Jean said, well, okay. So she set it up. We were going to purchase jewelry and driving along the highway, and I was speaking to Jean about things of God. And she said, well, I believe you are a Christian. I just don't know how you can be one. She didn't understand being born again at all. The Spirit of God was not in her. She understood working for your salvation. She understood the things taught by the Church of Christ, but she didn't understand the things taught by God. They were a mystery to her. Later, she greatly tried to fight me when God told me to identify myself as an apostle prophet. So you would know when I speak which offices I work from, just like a pastor. He would say, he's a pastor. Well, you wouldn't be shocked with that. Jesus gave to the church, Ephesians 4, he gave to the church some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. If someone says they're an evangelist, you know that they go out and work with the unsaved. If they say they are a pastor, you are expecting them to work in the congregation of the church. A teacher doesn't shock you. But people are shocked with apostle prophet. First time God told me I was an apostle, I was shocked. I said, apostle? What does that mean? I had no idea what they were supposed to do. I knew what prophets were supposed to do. There are many examples of prophets in the Bible. But I wasn't sure about this apostle thing. Yet I believed Ephesians 4. 
that after Jesus arose, he gave to the church, to the New Testament church, some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So I knew that apostles and prophets exist today in the New Testament church, and I knew those were offices that I was called to be. But I didn't know what an apostle did. I didn't tell anyone at church that God had told me this. I went to our Bible teacher and I said to him, who are the apostles at church? They said they believed that there were apostles at the church. So I, I'd never heard of anyone saying he was an apostle. Who, who are they? What do they do? I asked our Bible teacher and he said he didn't know. And I said, well, which ones at church are apostles? Who are they? And he said he didn't know. Yet he could tell you who the evangelist pastor's teachers were, but not the apostles. Well, there was one woman who said she was a prophet, and I think there might have been more than one person at that church group who said they were prophets. That wasn't as shocking. But apostle, this Bible teacher didn't know. So I had to depend on God to teach me about apostles. And what he taught me is apostles are, have an ordination from God to deal with Scripture rather strongly as doctrine. You hear me all the time speaking about divorce remarriage and the various Scriptures on divorce remarriage. When you hear me speaking like that, I'm speaking as an apostle ordained by God to help to establish doctrine among us today. For churches have gone very far away from the doctrines of the Bible on the subject of divorce and remarriage. Therefore, you will often hear me speak those doctrines. That's an apostle's job. To really put all those scriptures together, pairing one scripture with another scripture. So I had written on our emails, identifying myself as an apostle prophet. And along the way, I sent one of the teachings to my cousin. I knew she would be offended by seeing my name and my saying, apostle and prophet of Jesus Christ, given to the church as described in Ephesians chapter 4. I knew she would be offended by my saying, Apostle prophet. She wouldn't have been offended probably if I would had said evangelist or pastor or teacher. Well, she might have been from Church of Christ because they don't let women do anything. And they believe they have a scriptural basis for it, but God explained it to me in this in this. Paul said, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it's not permitted unto them to speak. And yet there were women who were prophets. The evangelist Philip had four daughters who did prophesy. Prophecy is for the church. You have to speak in the church to prophesy, God showed me. Therefore, they had to be allowed to speak, to present prophecy when they were called to do this. What's Paul saying in 1 Corinthians 14, when he says, Let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. 
Well, God told me to look at what the women were doing. So I looked carefully at 1 Corinthians 14. He said, and if they will learn anything, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is a shame for women to speak in the church. I believe these were women who were interrupting the flow of the Spirit of God by asking questions under the pretense of learning something. And Paul was putting them in order. I thoroughly agree with Paul. So would I. I also agree with God that you cannot prophesy without speaking. You have to speak. Therefore, I can see where the conflict appears to be in the scripture, but I don't believe there is a conflict. I think Paul was disciplining women in the church gathering who were out of order. One thing also, they met in homes during that time. You can imagine the difference between today and meeting in a church building and meeting in your living room. There's really quite a lot of opportunity to be out of order if you're meeting in the living room. And yet, there is a much greater opportunity for the flow of the Spirit of God in the living room where it is not so rigidly set up than there is at the 11 o'clock Sunday morning service. You can hardly ever have the flow of the Spirit of God in an 11 o'clock service where they have a platform and they have certain appointed people on the platform who are permitted to speak and the congregation never has any opportunity to share anything of God. That's the normal 11 o'clock service that I've been to. Now the uh, Bible class is a little different from that that I've been to. Often in the Bible class, there are is opportunity to share things of God with the church. Our Bible teacher always said, does anyone have a word from the Lord? He opened the door for us in the class to share things of God, revelations. Um, there might be a, a bit of information on healing. There were several times the Holy Spirit spoke at the Bible class through individuals in the Bible class because he gave them, the teacher gave them an opportunity to speak. But there's very little opportunity in the 11 o'clock service for anyone in the congregation to share by the Spirit of God. And yet, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, the Apostle Paul said, How is it, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. So it was God was going to move through whom he willed at the service. That's very exciting. But to go and hear a pre-planned program of man is a totally different thing. About the only time I have heard a free-flowing service in the main congregation in the main assembly room at church has been on Wednesday nights and at some church that I attended they used to have testimonies where if anyone had something that God had shown them they were permitted to share it. That was very exciting but the pre-planned things that we have put before us today 
at the main congregation are usually, um, I would say, lacking the Holy Spirit. Rather formal, rather planned by man, wisdom of man. It is the wisdom of God that brings us the things of God by his spirit, where he's free to speak. So Paul says, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So when we try to share something with another person who says he's a Christian, and he just blankly stares at us, and keeps silent until we finish talking, and then he brings up some movie or something he's gone to. We can know that man doesn't understand what we're saying. He's not excited about the Word of God. The people who are of God are excited about the Word of God. One time I was visiting my favorite aunt, and I said something about Psalm 103, and I got up and went to the restroom, and when I came back to her living room, she was standing in her bedroom down the hallway, and I could see her from the hallway in her bedroom, and she was looking down over her Bible, reading it. And I knew she was reading Psalm 103 because she was really of God. She was interested in the things of God. She wanted to hear what God was saying. She wanted to hear Scripture. But I have found the majority of people who attend churches do not want to hear things of God. They just want you to quit talking so they can talk about last week's football game or something like that. They don't have the Spirit of God, though they come to church and have been baptized in water and have joined the church. The Spirit of God is excited over things of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.